Welcome to the Way Niagara podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Berta. Chris and Steve will be joining me later on to continue our conversation in the book of James. I also just want to remind all of you that there is a lot going on at Way. There's numerous different groups. We have our mental health groups meeting every other Thursday at the West Lincoln Community Center. We have weekly low anxiety Sunday services at Grassy Gospel Church in Grassy. And this podcast is weekly, so we do encourage you to subscribe on your podcasting app of choice. And of course, for more information on all of the different things going on at Way, be sure to go to wayniagara.ca or to check us out on social media. And so today we are going to start off with a conversation with Trisha. How's it going? I'm back. You are back. When I was in grade nine, I got an email. And for those of you under 30, an email is an electronic message where someone, anyways, you all know what an email is. So when I was in grade nine, I got an email and it was inviting me to something called Facebook. And I'm like, what is this? I don't get it. And I ignored it. Six months later, a girl I had a crush on sent me an email inviting me to Facebook. So I signed up right away. (laughs) Anyways, and ever since, I have been on Facebook. And that was kind of the first social media experience that I had. And the conversation that Trisha and I are going to have today is about social media and how it affects our lives. Because it does. Some of us use it every day in some form. Some maybe don't. But a lot of people, there are billions of accounts on all of these different social media platforms. And there is some good that can come from it. And there's some not so good that can come from it as well. And so um, I'm just looking forward to having a chat with Trisha about social media. And so what was your first introduction to the world of social media? Getting a Facebook account. It was in the summer, I believe in between grade 10 and grade 11 was there was we had MySpace before then. I did not have an account, though. Can you call MSN social media? Because that was just, yeah, it was like the chat using your email. This is all for the younger viewers. The older people already know this. Um, And then, well, yeah, whether you can call MSN social media. But yeah, Facebook was probably the main one that was kind of purposely, yeah, had a profile picture. You put your status or what you're feeling of. And then, yeah, you connect with friends and yeah, I never had MySpace. I th- believe my oldest sister did. So I was exposed to it, but I didn't have an account myself. And I still get, you know, those you know, on Facebook memories coming up. And it, I remember like in 2009, I, when, it, when it would ask stuff like, how are you feeling or whatever, I would write the weirdest statuses. And so almost every day I see like weird Jordan posts from 14 years ago. And get a little bit of a laugh and then I don't share them with anyone because I 
you know. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, it's always, yeah, because I made my account during the summers, yeah, those memories that go back and it's like, oh, you've been friends with this person for 16 years and it's like my sister or my mom. I'd be like, yes, because my friendship with my mother only started when I got Facebook. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we were talking about this and how, you know, the fact that, and, and I've had this time and time again, where whether it's like in a thread, like it comments, whether on Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, whatever the uh, platform of choice is, I often will see people post and then say, you know, Positive comments only. I will delete everything else. Because sometimes stuff can get mean. The trolls like to come out from under the bridge? Yes, they do. And and people get tired of it. I know people that have just gotten off of that altogether because it just gets overwhelming. And so it's... It's just an interesting thing to see what people are willing to say. And they're not necessarily anonymous because a lot of on on most platforms you are putting like your real name and your profile picture. So a lot of times people know who you are, but because it's not a face-to-face interaction, people feel more permission oftentimes to be mean. Yeah, and people can do the one-liners without expecting to continue a conversation afterwards. It's like, I can write one thing, leave, and never never go back to it. And yet, you've now started a conversation with other people, and other people are now commenting. But it's like, oh, you can leave it, and you're not seeing the effects from it. But whoever you posted on, or whoever's wall that you wrote on, or picture, that's... they get to see that or they have to see that because it's going to come up in their notifications of oh they have to scroll through most of these and if you listen to anyone who does is an influencer for a living per se or does creates creative content online they're like you just have to ignore the comments for some it's bad that we have to do that it's like people that do this for a living it's like you just have to ignore the one main feedback way you get from your audience. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of times people also have a lot of insecurity. They post something and, and I've done this too, is I post something like how many people like this, you know, who's commenting, what are they saying? You know, what's more popular. It can really mess with our identity if we don't have a solid sense of who we are. Or like, yeah, I didn't get enough likes on this post or I need to get more reactions. I need to get more retweets. It's like, if you don't, yeah, it can, it can mess with someone if it's like, oh, if you're aiming for, really, if you're just aiming for a goal, but, and then you just, and then you don't get it. It's like, oh, you somehow failed in your own head, even though you created your own goalpost. Right. Absolutely. And and it's different for influencers and those that are actually trying to make a living off of it. But we're talking as people that are just people posting personally. And I just often think about how to be the most authentic. So I'm not trying to post all the time or the right thing or whatever. I just want to be real. Yeah. Personally, my posts, I don't post very often. I'll often, if I do post anything it's in those stories that only last 24 hours 
and it's just maybe what I'm doing. I posted a picture of a moon a few weeks ago. I'm like, hey, the moon's pretty. Here's a picture. And it's just what I'm thinking of in the moment or it's something I found that was funny. And that's how I try to be real using social media. It also can bring up interesting conversations. And so a number of years ago, there was an issue that I was quite passionate about. And so I wrote a really long post about it. And then a couple weeks later, I was out for dinner with someone and they said, I have something I want to read to you and I want to get your your thoughts on. And then they read my post. And they... Did they not realize that you wrote it? Oh, no, no. They did realize it. They really disagreed with me and they wanted to talk about it. But they chose to do it in person. Oh, wow. And so we ended up having a three-hour conversation on a Facebook post in person <laughs> in person and it was That's one way to do it it was fascinating because you don't always know who's watching because that person isn't on facebook oh really so someone saw it thought it was worth sending to that person and then that person thought it was worth talking to me about which is why they couldn't just respond over facebook because they didn't have an account right and so but it brings conversations and has a wider reach than sometimes we realize. And sometimes that's for the better and sometimes it's not. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of social medias and I am on a lot of them. Uh, I almost, yeah, don't post on any of them, but it's like where you have your username or handle and then, but you'll connect your real name to it. You have your display name be your actual name. Now people can hide these, but there are a lot of, you don't have to do that though. And then there are a lot of social media platforms, Reddit is probably one of the bigger ones, that it's just your username. And I've been on so many subreddits where it's people will start out the post saying, throw away account for obvious reasons. And then they go on to tell their story because the what their story is about, it's like, well, if anyone that they personally know saw it, they would automatically know who it was about. And so you create a throwaway account that's, yeah, only created for that one post. But then there are, yeah, millions or possibly billions of accounts that is like, yeah, someone used it once because they have their main account, which they can like and do a whole bunch of comments. But you can actually go onto someone's profile and then look up what they follow. Look up every single post that they've ever commented on. You can see what I posted probably seven years ago on Reddit when I was only in high school and a little more dumb than I am now (laughs) and could see just the stupid stuff that I was asking questions about or just like, oh, I obviously know the answer to this and then got firmly put in my place. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not too nicely, but it was like, but you can do that, which is if, I mean, if someone wanted to stalk someone, there's one way to do it. Which, yeah, probably why people have the anonymity anonymity of it. I always mess that word up. Um, that has why people do that. Like, there's always... Sometimes there is a good reason for it. and But sometimes not. It's just like, oh, but I don't... People can hide behind that to say things that they wouldn't say normally or wouldn't say to someone's face which in your experience i was like hey they actually wanted to say it to your face and actually have a conversation about it yeah and you knew who they were and you're like hey this might influence your life it may influence what you think or it may just change the how or why or when you put questions like that in the future 
of like, well, I didn't like that reaction. I'm going to learn from that. Right. And these things don't disappear. Even if you delete them, you know, you still hear about, you know, posts from 20 years ago, you know, when all these things first started. And I've seen people get in a lot of trouble. Like I've seen people lose jobs over these kinds of things. And stuff that was maybe a little more socially acceptable 20 years ago. That isn't now. That isn't now. And then, yeah, people will get in trouble for it now, even though at the time it was maybe not the perfect thing to do, but it was maybe done in a joking manner. Well, someone snaps a picture of it. You can no longer tell the context in which it was taken in. It's like context is always important. And oftentimes context is missing when you are looking at those things years and years later. And so I would just say is that social media can be a very good thing because you see things connected and that's what you're listening to this podcast on. Right. But also something like, you know, I'll see posts, you know, someone is in need and I've, you know, you'll see people post, you know, to, you know, ask for help or to ask for recommendations on how to do this or that. And, you know, you can really see communities of people really come around each other and do really good things. But then you see, you know, some of these dark sides. And so I think the thought that kind of comes to mind when I think about social media is authenticity. And it's not trying to be perfect. It's not trying to over filter. But it is also keeping in mind that these things last. Yeah. Perfect way to end that. And I think this is really a cool conversation because one of our core values at Way is authenticity and community and creativity. And I think all of those things can be expressed in beautiful ways um, on social media. And so I would just encourage you to engage with us (laughs) on social media. We're going to continue to look at new ways of having authentic community with creative expressions around because there are a lot of people that we have the opportunity to use these platforms in positive ways in the world. Well said. And so thank you, Trisha, for having another conversation with us on the podcast. Don't go away, friends. Chris and Steve are going to be joining us in just a moment to continue our series in the book of James. Welcome back to our conversation on the book of James. Uh, Today we are launching into chapter 3. Chapter 3 verse 1 says, Not many should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, because you know that we will receive a stricter judgment for we all stumble in many ways if anyone does not stumble in uh, what way or in what he says he is mature able also to control the whole body so let's stop there so not many should become teachers now we do have a lot of teachers that uh, listen to our podcast Uh, this is specifically talking about not educators but bible teachers and also people that uh, stand in front of the assembled ecclesia, the gathering of saints, and proclaim uh, to understand and know the scripture. So, so what we're doing in a way too. 
right. discussing the scriptures. Not many probably. should do this. <laughs> and here so, we are. So, yeah, thanks for joining us. Welcome to Wayne Hyager Podcast, where the people who are talking are about to be more strictly judged than you are. Fun. Yes. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in, in what he says, he is mature, also able to control the whole body. There is a incredible concept that we're about to get into more. And it's not talking about like, you know, parts of your actual body are out of control. It's talking about how your tongue specifically, the thing that you use to stand in front and exhort is wild. It's an uncaged beast, despite your teeth that can lead to destruction, but can also lead to so much life as we discover here. In fact, it goes on in verse three to say, now if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we direct their whole body. And consider ships, though very large and driven by fierce wind, they are guarded by, guided by a very small rud rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So too, though, the tongue is a small part of the body. It boasts great things. Consider how a small fire sets ablaze a large force. And the tongue is a fire. That's a great line. The tongue is a fire. Sounds like a 19 or early 2000s emo song. Or band. Yeah. The tongue is a fire. The tongue. A, a world of unrighteousness. <laughs> Seriously, this is what it says in verse 6. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue... A world of unrighteousness is placed among our members. All right, let's just back up. Our tongue, the thing we use to stand and exhort, the thing that we uh, use to form the very letters that come out of our mouths. Now, here's, here's another really crazy concept, is that we are in a day and age where you don't even need a tongue to communicate life and death anymore, right? You, we have these uh, internet trolls, and we have... Uh, an ability to write and and see our have people globally impacted by what we write right so this is just specifically talking about our actual tongues though guarding what you say with your actual tongue is super important and i'm sure like we can go around this room right now and all three of us tell stories of times we said something that we definitely shouldn't have or <laughs> where things have backfired on us or where we thought, like, I'm a pretty sarcastic guy, where I've told someone to do something sarcastically, and they did it, and I was like, oh, you took me seriously. Uh, sorry, right? Like, it, it, there's such an incredible power in, in the trust that people put on you, and this is what this comes down to, that you have to be really guarded of what you tell people. So I have a story. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and so when I was in high school, there was... So... I, I was saying things that people thought were noteworthy. And so <laughs> one of my friends decided to create a Facebook page of all of my great quotes. Nice. That everyone thought were really funny. Now, the only problem was some of them were grossly inappropriate. Oh, no. And my friend had no censor to, like, not post those ones. Mm. And that Facebook page got forwarded off to my dad. Oh, no. So I go over to see him the one weekend, and he's like, hey, um, 
I heard about this Facebook page Oof. and some of the things that you were saying. Hmm. And I had to beg and beg and beg for my friend to take that page down. Yeah. Because he thought, oh, these are just legendary quotes that everyone needs to read. I'm like, that's great. Um, so, thinking about the online world, mm-hmm. it is very dangerous, right? Because it sometimes is hard to get things removed. And yep. Yep. how... And I'm not even talking about like AI and like deep faking and stuff. I'm talking about even the fact that people will get canceled now for things they said 20 years ago. Yes. Yeah. We have to be very careful. And this is earlier in the podcast, Trisha and I were talking about the impact of social media, right? Like we need to be very careful mm-hmm. with the things that we say with our tongue, but also the things that we say with our fingers. Very true. Yeah. And uh, I ran into one thing when I was going through this quick. So thinking on verse 5 where it says consider how small fire sets ablaze a large forest Mm. okay well then we follow up with the tongue is a fire (laughs) so if you think on this your tongue is a fire how much power do your words have to impact this forest of people that you're surrounded by truth truth absolutely truth because people like a lot of damage can be done by our words And you even think about situations where someone has died by suicide and in their note or in their sharing with people, like I've heard many times how a big part of the reason was the words that were spoken to them or the things that they believe about themselves in part because of the things that other people speak, but also the things we speak over ourselves. That's true. We have to be very careful to not condemn ourselves with our own words and i'm not saying only talk positive because there are like we do need to rightly notice and work on the flaws in our life i get that but we should not be speaking negativity over ourselves or over others because our words have far more power even thinking about the fact that how did god create us with his words with his tongue and so we can speak life and death we can speak joy we can speak healing or we can speak destruction yeah yeah it's funny that like when i was a kid we had the like you know sticks and stones will break my bones but words will never hurt me like you'd say on the playground but actually like it's totally (laughs) anti-scriptural because the truth is it's saying like actually words very very much are damaging right like just as a fire can come along and wipe out acres and acres of forests as we saw this summer uh, across uh, you know the prairies and in the east coast like that's a a very powerful thing can happen from one small spark and um, I think that my generation obviously uh, now are feeling the effects of that right as we constantly are sitting here talking to them and helping them go through a lot of things that they're struggling because you know, they believe things about themselves that aren't true or they have a very negative image of themselves uh, or, you know, even believing that we are not allowed to stu- to suffer and struggle with mental health, like, because it's not a sign of strength, like, it's a sign of weakness. Like, that's all from just a, a, an un, unhelpful, stereotypical thing spoken over my generation. And thank God that we've broken away from that now. And many people might struggle with, you know, the concept like the world's waking up. 
you know, you don't want to be woke or whatever, but to be honest, if being woke means like keeping people alive, like let's talk about it, right? Like I've buried way too many friends to want to keep, keep quiet anymore. Right. Yeah. And so, okay. So this is an area of conviction for you, Chris, in thinking about that, what are some of the practical steps that you are wanting to take with your words and the way that you talk Mm. to help be the change in that area? Big time for me is like filtering as much as I can, the cliche language, like, you know, we used to call things like that were just not normal. We just call it retarded. Oh, that's retarded. Yeah. Or gay. Yeah. Oh, that's gay. Right. Like we'd say things like that, just throw away language, not really recognizing the impact of what we're saying. And now like, I'm so calculated to not say anything like that. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I I mean, for years we've been weeding that kind of stuff out of, out of our language. Um, and also to like, I mean, because I have to be very careful with how many people I'm dealing with that are, are struggling with mental health to like be very guarded and celebrating things that can be triggers even, right? Like, um, you know, there's a certain amount of, of violence and, and aggressive language that we can use that actually can trigger people. And, you know, I, we want to be very cautious of that. So if I tip tend to only use very gentle words, right? Like I don't want to talk about extremely violent or grim things I've seen because you can really trigger people. You know, we're not talking about triggering them verbally where they want to, you know, berate you. Like you can actually cause some fairly significant PTSD for people um, just by using un. un- uh, unaware, being unaware, being unthoughtful, being unmindful of what you're saying, right? Yeah, and we need to be careful with the words that we use. Now, that said, no one's perfect. Yeah. And to hold ourselves to an impossible standard is not what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. But what all we're saying is to be mindful of the listener when you speak. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And to be compassionate to the potential challenges of the listener when you speak. Yeah. Steve, do you have any thoughts on this in terms of how you consider your words when you're talking to people? So I can't think of the verse off the top of my head, but there is a verse that speaks to our words have the power of life or death. And one of the things I try to focus on when I'm having a conversation is to try to speak life into that person, Uh, especially in a situation when they're finding, you know, everything's rough, everything's bad. Uh, You know, it's okay to say I made a mistake. It hurts to say I am a mistake. And I don't believe that about anybody. So situations like that, I try to speak life into them. And I see the power in those words Mm -hmm. because I've been on the receiving end of the opposite where people are speaking death into my life, speaking negativity. And I think it's so important as you speak to keep that conscious thought of, I want to speak life into this person. Mm -hmm. This person is in front of me. They are the most important person to me right now. One thing you'll notice with me is if you're ever in a pastoral conversation with me or generally in a conversation, but... If you start criticizing yourself and speaking death to yourself, I will stop you Mm -hmm. and say, you don't deserve this. And I don't want to hear you talk down to yourself like that. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, if there's something you need to process and like genuinely like a mistake or something you want to work through, you can do it without speaking destructively. Yeah. And so that's something like I know on the prayer line, I'm in that position regularly where people are speaking down to themselves so much that I just, I'm like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. We are not going to go down this road because you are harming yourself yeah. <laughs> in a very deep way. And I think more than people realize, because so many times I've talked to people where some of the limitations and the challenges of their life have actually come from words that actually seem like they were throwaway words 20, 30, 40 years ago, and they are still impacting the day-to-day of the person now. And so I want to be a force for, for good to help not only speak life, but also help prevent people from speaking their own destruction into existence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. One of the things I really am conscious of too is communicating to people like they're welcome in my life, Mm -hmm. right? Like you are, you are welcome here. I want you, you are welcome in my circles. You are loved. You are, you are welcome here because I think like in this day and age, like people, there's no more assumption, right? It's like, yeah, you're not just welcomed with arms wide open anywhere at all <laughs> right and, I, and and so i'm very conscious to say hey you are welcome in my life you're well you know to partake in the things we're offering come break bread at my table uh you know you are not uh putting me out by messaging me to ask for something or to share your concerns or to just tell me how your day is going because you're struggling like i want to hear those things because i genuinely care and I genuinely want, you know, if I can say just one sentence that brings about healing, strength, stability, whatever fire I need to set in your life that day, I pray that I can do that. And so I'm very cautious to tell people like, oh, I really enjoy you and I want to share you with my friends. And I've, I've been finding that as I say that thing specifically, like I, I enjoy you, you're a special person to me and I want to share you with my friends people are more eager to come and join us in our groups and in in our conversations because that's what I do well. I share my friends with others. You know, that's how you build a circle, a healthy circle where we like actually care about each other is friends sharing friends with each other, right? And that's what I believe we're doing pretty pretty well here at Way. But I do want to jump back into the verse six here, which says, and the tongue is a fire. I'm going to get that tattooed, I think. Like, it's so cool. The tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among our members. And other translation says it places itself or it actually appoints itself among our members, saying that the tongue has power over everything. It even has the power to tell you that it's the most powerful thing. It stains the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and it's and is itself set on fire by hell. Come on. What? Your tongue is the most easily controlled tool of hell. Yeah. Oh, James. I was just starting to really like this book, and here you are, laying more and more conviction on me, right? Then he jumps in like this. Every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish is tamed and has been tamed by humankind. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil 
full of deadly poison. With the tongue we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in God's likeness. Wow. I mean, we were talking about justice before, about what justice is. And this is pulling out the, a, a very justice-filled concept that we can bless our Lord worship freely with our, with our tongue and then at the same time turn around, look at people who are made in God's image and say something life-impactingly evil to them. Oh. <laughs> no, silence is the right answer <laughs> because at the same time you're like wow like there's something that's fueling james's fire here yeah the thing that stuck out in verse eight is when he says uh the tongue is restless evil and i dove into restless and the greek word i'm going to pronounce wrong so i'm not going to say it uh, it means unstable or inconsistent so it's sort of a wavering evil. It's uh, it's something that's hard to measure. And secondly, the word tongue that it uses is from the word glossa, which refers to the tongue as in the organ. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's the speech that's highlighted by this word. It's not talking about the tongue, the organ, so much as it is about the speech. Mm -hmm. So it's about the speech and what is spoken, not the physical tongue. That was one of the big things that stuck out to me, is it's more talking about it's your speech that's evil, full of deadly poison. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, he goes on right on to say in verse 10 that blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. And then he's, my brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Like, guard your tongue. It shouldn't be that way. Let's just say the things that we're wrestling with now, if we did a better job of paying attention to James 3 here, like, a lot less mental health would be in the conversation. Yeah. A lot less uh, completely browbeaten Christians who don't want to go back to church again. And who even question whether they actually have faith because the relationship was entirely with the church. You know, if they had have experienced guarded tongues, if they had have experienced thoughtful Christians who practiced listening before speaking. Huh. I believe we would be in a way different era. Absolutely. Yeah. Verse 11 says, does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives, my brothers and sisters, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can salt water spring yield, a sweet, a sweet water spring yield fresh water. It's an interesting concept because we just talked about like being able to bless and being able to curse with the same thing. And then he jumps into this kind of like imagery, this poetic imagery of a spring that pours out sweet and bitter from the same opening. It can't, right? Yep. And fig trees can't produce olives. Grapes, vines can't produce figs. Salt water springs can't produce fresh water. Yet our tongues can produce both good and bad things. Now, here's an interesting thing about all of those poetic imageries he used. The quality 
of what's being produced is determined by the source. Okay, a freshwater spring or sweet spring is going to only produce sweetness. A bitter spring is going to only produce bitter. A fig tree with its figgy body, its hard wood can only produce figs. And in the same way, that beautiful grapevine that produces those juicy grapes is not going to produce a shriveled, dried fig, right? Yeah. This is incredible imagery saying what you're rooted in, what you start out as, what the source of your energy is, matters the most about what you produce. Yeah, and I, one thing I find interesting when I think on this particularly, I was imagining a saltwater spring and what that would look like. And what happens if it transitions to be this pure fresh water? You're not just going to suddenly have this beautiful fresh water spring. It's a transition and we are not perfect. We're not going to suddenly be this beautiful fresh water spring if we decide to make that decision to change today. There's a transition where we're going to have our faults and our follies and that's fine. There is grace for that. Absolutely. And as we close out today's episode, I just want to invite you to be a part of our community both online and in person so if you want to subscribe to the podcast please do that if you want to come to our sunday services in grassy please do that or to join us for um, our wellness gathering in smithville whatever it is that is going on around here you are invited and we want to be a part of speaking life into your life Mm -hmm. and we invite you to be Bring your contribution of speaking life into all of our lives. And so with that, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. You can learn about all things Way, either on social media or at wayniagara.ca. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye for now.